I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I'm the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And again today with us, we have Buddy Martin. Brother Martin is an elder with the University of Christ in Sarcos, Texas. Welcome back, Brother Martin. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I'm so thankful that you're with us and really appreciated things that you shared with us in our last session. And I do want to remind our listeners, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the previous segment where we talked with Martin, please go back and listen to that because it provides some good foundation for the direction that we're going to be looking at in, in our session today. Uh, and I really want to start kind of on a personal level as far as elders are concerned and how have the elders there grown as a result of this crisis or this pandemic? How have grown in their relationship with each other? And how have they grown as leaders? Well, first of all, I, I think we have grown closer. Um, we've had many, many times when we have had to pick up the phone or create a Zoom or something like that to be in contact with each other to make decisions and for the congregation, you know, of course, taking into account their health service, their, their spiritual needs, that sort of thing. Um, unfortunately, during this time, one of our elders lost his wife and she had been sick for many, many, many years. And in recent weeks had just been deteriorating more and more. And about uh, two months ago, she passed away. So we lost one-sixth of our leadership, our eldership. And the rest of us just had to kind of step up a little bit more. We just did just something else that we just, you know, okay, you know, he, he's still in the congregation. He's still a very active member. And one of the things that we decided to do is to include him in activities that he could do Maybe one of us as elders could have done it, but he could do it, not necessarily as an elder, but he, he could take care of the things. And that's one of the things we've we've done to try to help him get through this time of adjustment. I mean, it, right. it, he, one of his greatest joys in life was being an elder. Right. And, um, you know, it, it just it, it was it was I, I remember that morning he called and it was just so sudden that. Uh, you know, but but that's that has also helped solidify us. Right now, another one of our elders, uh, his daughter is fighting uh, terrible, terrible cancer and going back and forth from here to Houston, which is about three and a half hours east of here. And she is staying with them when she's not in Houston. Well, he and his wife have made it uh, not the decision that they're, they're going to stay out of the public eye for the most part because they want to protect their daughter. So sure. we're kind of handicapped in that area as well. We're, so we've gone from six essentially to four. And for a couple of weeks there, because of other things that were going on, another one of our elders made the decision that he and his family were going to quarantine. So mm. we, we have gotten much closer real quick you might say, because of we don't have as many boots on the ground, so to speak, to, you know, to take care of a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff. I don't think it's hurt us a bit. 
I think if anything, it's 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 we've grown closer. I know I have had conversations with one of the other elders, and I've known him for 40 years, and we've never had conversations like we've had in the last week or so or last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's just drawn us closer together. If anything, I I don't know of um, four or five men that have we're so like minded. It's it's not even funny, you know. It, you know, Paul Paul mentioned that in Colossians, you know, that you all be of the same mind. Well, well, oftentimes we're thinking the same thing, and we pick up the phone <laughs> and call one of the other elders and say, "I would just think of that too," you know. So it it's been remarkable, and so we we have. I don't know that we have. We we feel it's a real blessing to us, uh, in what in what has happened. Well, that's excellent, and and the way it should be. I mean, it's really what brings out the leadership in people during yeah. a time when they have to step up like that. Yeah. So, as you think about your relationship with the congregation, how how have the elders stayed connected to the congregation? And kind of a two part question here: how how have you worked to keep the congregation connected to each other? How do you keep the members connected during this time? Uh, the second one is uh, more of a challenge than the first one. So I'll answer the first one first. Okay. First part of the question is one of the things we have done is we made a, a conscious decision at the beginning of the year that we were going to involve as much as we could our deacons in some of our contemplation, some of our decision making processes. And we revamped the entire chores and responsibilities for the deacons. We, we challenged men to move into different areas that they had not been in before. We guided individuals, and this is where you really need to be rather than what you want to be. And uh, so by guidance and challenging, uh, they have responded very, very well. And they have come up with some ideas that, frankly, I don't know that we would have gotten there. And, uh, you know, it, it's helped us get outside of our box, so to speak. Sure. And we've challenged them to do that, and they've challenged us to do that. So that, that's been very, very helpful for, for me particularly, uh, because I know I can now go to the deacons where there may have been some reticence before. I don't have that now. I mean, I know I... I because we challenged them, look, you've got these responsibilities, you know, we need to fulfill them and here's your challenge and, you know, here's the budget and, you know, off you go kind of thing. And so that has been helpful. The second part of it is we have struggled to get the congregation to help other parts of the congregation. and. I will be very, very deadly serious, honest with you. The presidential election was no help. Right. It was no help. Because there were members of our congregation that feel so strongly one direction that it, there were others that just kind of stepped back and, okay, we're, you know, it, it's almost as if there were individuals sitting on one side of the building. We have four sections in our building. 
we've got a center, we've got a center aisle. So it's almost like we've got those on the left and those on the right. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate. It really is in, in some instances, but for the most part, I can say for the most part, um, nothing has got publicly acrimonious unless you consider the um, um, the media, the Facebooks and the Twitters and that sort of thing is you know right. out of the realm of the public. I don't. I think it's I think it's public, and so many of our our people were so adamant, and uh, you know they. It, in fact, we have we've had to talk with a couple of p- individuals about things that they have posted. Right. And we know of at least one congregation that left left the congregation and vowed never to come back because of something somebody posted, which is unfortunate. Right. It's fortunate. The fortunate part of that is that individual that family that left. There's still many individuals in the congregation that are keeping tabs on them and friends with them still on Facebook. And so I don't think all is lost. I think, you know, if we handle ourselves the way we should, that um, uh, we, we might be able to uh, restore them. Sure. But um, we're, the other thing is um, Wayne Jones is our pulpit preacher. Right. And we have a leadership meeting every year in uh, the tail part of November, first part of December to decide for the next year's work. And at our leadership meeting this year, we talked about this very thing. How do we keep people together and get people back together? I mean, we talked about it at great length. And our theme for this year is the number one O-N-E and that's on our banner and everything this year is going to be directed to uh, helping all of us become one the way the Bible wants us to be and uh, we're off to a great start Um, you know we're talking about the kind of friends you need in your life and last Sunday's sermon was you need a friend like Nathan who 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 talked to David in such a right. way that you know that you need friends like that in your life. Uh, somebody that you trust to be able to to say something like Nathan said, and somebody like David who's willing to accept what Nathan said. Sure. And so um, we're off to a great start. Well, you've you've touched on one of those areas that kind of deals with how you're moving forward into 2021. And I know a lot of people are looking to this year to be um, monumental in moving out of this uh, pandemic and into somewhat more of a normal setting. Uh, Are there additional plans that you guys have talked about as elders for helping this congregation move forward and coming out of this pandemic? Yes. And again, we've talked at it in, in great length. And one of the things that helped us in the past was focal point. We, we would get people out to help, and maybe they wouldn't help on other things, but they would help at focal point. We didn't have focal point this year. We didn't have a vacation Bible school. We didn't have a Jamaica mission trip. We didn't have the young people going on a mission trip in the, in the summertime. 
We didn't have people going to camp. We didn't have any of that kind of thing. We've got a full slate of schedule for stuff this year. We are having focal point this year. I don't know how it's going to look. (laughs) I don't know how it's going to be. But we're going to have focal point. We're going to do what we can to have some kind of a mission trip. Again, it may not be to Jamaica, but it will be somewhere. We will do something this year because we realize that people need that sort of stimulation. They need that sort of, you know, here, I I can't do this, but I can carry people to the airport and pick them up at the airport or something and help out. Something that small, something that seemingly insignificant is a real it, it, it builds people. It, it binds people. It brings them together. And so, yeah, we're, we've got a full slate schedule for this year. And uh, I, I really hope we're able to you know, pull it all off. We, we are so determined to do it. I'm, I'm sure we will in some way. And even if we have to all wear masks to do it. Well, let me ask you one last question here before sure. we wrap up. Um, obviously, Every congregation is different, and I, and I realize that not just demographically, but just culturally from one part of the country to the next, right. but just kind of in a general way of thinking, what suggestion or advice would you give to others to help them as they think about how to move forward during this time of pandemic and that might benefit them as they look into 2021? Well, I, I would challenge elders to seek counsel from other members of the congregation. I think I think oftentimes we of elders become sort of blinded and so fo- narrowly focused that there are individuals in our congregation that have good ideas. They are sound ideas. All they need is somebody to uh, listen to them. And now it may not turn out exactly as the individual thought, but it may help the elders move in a direction that will benefit not only them, but others as well. Uh, I really, I think we've learned our lesson here this year about that. Um, you may look at what you're doing now and how you have had to transition into what are the positives and what are the negatives. What are the consequences of the positives? What could happen if we continue to do it this way? Right. What could what could happen if we continue to do it this way that maybe have negative consequences? And you begin to to you know chart that. You know, I'd, I'd tell people, okay, take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle. One side's positive, one side's negative. You divide those two sections, and whatever you decide is a negative, what are the consequences of the negative? Whatever. Is a whatever is a positive. What are the consequences of the positive? Then you end up with four. Co- then you can sit down and really begin to analyze and look at what you may be dealing with. Um, I, I, I really, I tend to think in that way. Uh, that's the way I was trained. That's the way I, I, I tried to teach the guys at the correctional facility where I worked. I mean, you know, you've got every decision you make has a consequence. And right. it's going to be a positive consequence or it's going to be a negative consequence. Analyze mm-hmm. it. A negative consequence is just as helpful and beneficial as a positive consequence. Sure. And so, you know, that, that we have really started trying to do that more and more um, in our decision-making process. That's great. 
Well, listen, I, I appreciate so much you taking time to, to be with us in these two sessions to talk about what's going on there with the congregation at the university. And uh, I just appreciate you and taking the role of being a shepherd to the congregation there along with those other men. And uh, it's such a needed role in the church today, especially. And so thank you. And again, thank you for taking time to visit with us today. You're very welcome. I was honored to be a part. Well, we appreciate it, and we appreciate all of you who are listening, and uh, we pray that you'll continue to benefit from each of these sessions as we visit with uh, men from across the congregation who are serving in leadership in the church and, and how they're dealing with this time of pandemic. So join us again as we continue next week. God bless.